This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I have been starting the podcast by not asking you how you are but asking a random question. So I haven't thought of it before. This is coming to me in the moment. Uh, what do penguins dream about? Mm, um, fish. <laughs> that uh, makes perfect sense mm-hmm. uh, because they've got to be friends, right? Well, and also penguins probably eat them, eat right? Them. Yeah. 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 So we all <laughs> dream about friends who might Food. also be a meal. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say ice and that just seemed cruel to penguins to have them dream about ice well maybe it's they're dreaming about sliding down the ice maybe yeah Yeah. it's like the ice amusement park yeah the ice amusement park Mm -hmm. there uh and all the fish they're gonna eat there yeah (laughs) well there you go that's our episode about penguins dreams uh now we're gonna go on to our main topic Uh, we have what i would think of as a light fun topic uh not literally light beer but beer in general mm-hmm. is our topic, and it, I think, is a, a pretty light topic. Uh, would you say that you are obsessed with beer? I would not. <laughs> uh, I would not say that I am obsessed with it in terms of, like, I know everything about beer. Certainly don't. Huge caveat. Not a beer expert. Uh, but it occurred to me to do this episode uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were uh, out of town, and we were enjoying some of our first being out in the world Again, uh, fully vaccinated. Uh, we were on a pier. We were able to take off our masks, and we we're both enjoying a beer together. And over the years, you and I have had many moments of enjoying beer. I have very strong associations about what beer means to me and my life. So I think it's one of those things of I am obsessed with beer in terms of my own personal relationship to it. Not that I think about it 24-7. Not that I'm like, uh, boy, if I could do anything... I would, you know, uh, live inside a beer vat. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> super obsessed, but with my own relationship uh, to it. And that's what I was interested in talking about is our own relationship with beer, not yeah. uh, putting on our beer experts hats. I'm very excited to talk about this. Our beer expert hats are those kind of hats that have two cans of beer and then straws, mm-hmm. which all experts wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't have, so we can't be experts. We can't. And in fact, we are getting ready as we're recording this uh, to go drive in a car somewhere. So neither of us are drinking beer. So recording this is going to be absolute torture <laughs> where we talk about beer, but can't drink any. Uh So I just want to start with the real big picture. When you think of beer, what are the first associations that you make? What does beer mean to you? Um, Just first associations, summer and friends. Summer and friends. Those are good associations. Do you feel like those are accurate to your life experiences? (laughs) I feel like so. I'm Yeah, I do. I feel like that is most often um, when I think about drinking beer, most often it is summer. and often from Minnesota, so that was when you could sit outside. Um, I mean, you could sit outside in the winter. It just was really cold out. Um, and, um, you know, sitting with friends on an outside patio, enjoying a beer. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, there's definitely the the summer association. Many years of going on our friends' uh, bar crawl, oh, uh, yeah. it, which it, that I learned early on that uh, a bar crawl, it's better not to do all beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the whole heaviness factor, mm-hmm. uh, at least for me. 
but yeah, there are lots of like, this is really nice. We're outside or we're on a patio and just sipping a beer, mm-hmm. a sessionable as they say today, right? <laughs> For beer. <laughs> sure. Right? Isn't that a, the, the session beers? Mm-hmm. That means like you can drink four of them in the afternoon. Oh, does it? I have no idea. That's a, That is my understanding. Uh, not experts. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So for me, there's definitely a strong association of uh, friends in summer. That's great. But I also think uh, for me, a lot of the beer that I drank in my life and when I was probably most obsessed with it uh, was in my younger life when I was doing a lot of shows and beer would be a part of the shows, either explicitly or it would just be backstage. And it's the, uh, all right, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fun fluid. <laughs> uh, and uh, and lots of strong memories of uh, good good friends where, you know, is at that point in my life where any random night you might go out to the bar and you would have a pitcher of beer and you would uh, talk about anything from uh, what's going to happen in those new Star Wars movies to uh, one friend is having a major life problem. And I think... I make this association of beer as community Mm. and, you know, connection. And I know beer can be lots of things, including some dark things. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's what the association is. And I think when I sip beer, it's like, ah, yes, relaxing and community and connection. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good association to have. I'm glad it is honestly the association that I have. (laughs) And sometimes even when I smell really cheap beer, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do a show. (laughs) Honestly, even I have that association. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because those are a lot of times those were raucous shows. And I would spill some very cheap beer on my costume and then not take it out until the next day. Mm -hmm. And then this is not technically a good smell but good associations. Yeah. Or sometimes I would dance on those stages after the beer had been spilled and I'd be like, oh, beer, I'm doing a late night show. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) This is a late night show, not one of the morning shows. Uh, All right. What is your first memory of beer? Uh, Is a a child or a teen? Did you smell it? Or like, you know, some parents are just like, yeah, it's no big deal. Taste Mm -hmm. it so you know what it is kind of thing. Um, what was your, your young relationship with beer? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't have a, a big young relationship with beer. It was. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my question. How large was your relationship with beer as a child? You know what I mean, right? No, totally. I'm not asking you like, were you seven? Did you slam one? That's not what I'm saying. Right. No, I, I, I don't know why I felt the need to start with (laughs) a thesis statement. Um, that was inaccurate. So beer was certainly around. My mom is not really a beer drinker. My dad would often have like some cans of whatever beer, but it wasn't a big part of life. And, um, sometimes at family gatherings, it would be around, but like, I think my other grandma was more of a cocktail person. Okay. And I don't remember seeing my other grandma other ever drink. And my grandfather's both passed away when I was quite quite young so um kind of in terms of immediate family that was it was around but not like a big thing and it just wasn't a thing that I was that interested in I mean I'm <laughs> sure that there was some point that I don't remember where like my brother and I smelled it we're like ew gross or something like kids do <laughs> um so it just and I I didn't drink in high school so that was never like part of my experience um so it wasn't until uh, a little bit later but one of the first times that I 
my parents did encourage me to drink, if I may just mm-hmm. share this, is I was traveling with my parents in, um, uh, uh, we were in the Czech Republic and in Vienna for various reasons. And we landed in Vienna. My, we went to some outdoor um, music and film festival. And my mom was like, here, you should have a beer. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom. Uh, so, uh, so when I think, uh, and that was outdoors yeah. and summer. Yeah. So see, my association started early. Yeah. And what was that experience like for you? Was it like, ooh, weird. I like the summer, but I'm not sure about this beer thing. Or did you enjoy it? I think I enjoyed it, but not, um, it wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah. Was it, well, did you have any other associations where did you expect it to taste different? Uh, no, I mean, I think I'm sure by then I had maybe tasted beer, but I think I think more than anything, it was just kind of um, I like to give my mom a hard time about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, enough. Yeah, and it just it felt very. It was not an experience that I had had before. The experience of being outdoors in a festival like atmosphere where there's a lot of community and people are there for a purpose and they're outdoors enjoying a beverage. Yeah. Um, you know, whether alcoholic or not, but just kind of that feeling of community and festivity. It yeah. was really my first experience with that, um, with that experience other than like as a kid. And so it was my first semi-adult experience with that. And so it also is funny that you said community um, as one of your connections for beer, because that is very much what that was. It was community and friends and summer. And it started right there. Yeah, and that makes sense and is a really cool first way to experience beer because it is a, a place that is about uh, culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are seeing, we are in a different country. We are seeing their style of entertainment, their style of festival in a part of the way that cultures really express themselves is food and drink, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably a pretty great beer to be a first beer, right? Sure was. <laughs> sure was. And I think a lot of people's first beer was Probably not as good of that, as good as that in uh, flavor or context. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for myself, yeah, beer was not something that was. I think it was more around in the culture, and I was more aware of it in the culture than in my household. So I think probably my two strongest early beer associations is uh, my dad would have a beer every once in a while, but it wasn't like ah yes, uh, adults come home and have six of these. It wasn't that at all. It was mm-hmm. like every once in a while he'd have one. So I was curious about you know. What is dad's drink? <laughs> and I remember him letting me uh, smell a bottle cap. Ooh. And it had that mix of uh, the smell of, you know, whatever that metal is that the bottle cap would have been made out of back in the day. And also just that different kind of uh, sour beer smell. And I remember really being intrigued by that smell. And it wasn't like anything I'd encountered before. And it wasn't like soda, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it kind of looked like soda. And I was fascinated with it. And the other strong association, and this goes also to uh, summer and festive, is uh, incessant Ham's beer commercials. The <laughs> cartoon bear drinking <laughs> and rolling on a log and falling in the water, which is probably some both honest and dangerous associations to make with beer. I don't know why that bear is drinking beer and playing in a river. Not mm-hmm. even remotely safe, nope. but it made beer look like this thing of like, yeah, when you're out in nature and in Minnesota in particular in the summer having fun, this is what goes along with that. 
Mm-hmm. Which is a powerful association as a as a young person. Yeah. Yeah. So you first uh, tried beer in Vienna, right? Mm-hmm. And then what was the first time that you as an adult, you have a plethora of beverage, cho- beverage choices and you're like, I'm going to purchase or order a beer and drink it. Yeah. Um, I think I kind of, it, it became one of the drinks within my rotation. Um, <laughs> but I, so I, I studied abroad at the University of Edinburgh when I was in college. And uh, like all students, we would go hang out and, you know, relax. And one of the things... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you are... I think I understand what's happening. I could be wrong. Please tell me. But it sounds like you are trying to make it sound like you weren't out there drinking every night and you're making it worse by going, I'm totally making um, it worse. I was just, I just had eight I, uh, bars exist. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally making it Sorry. worse, especially because usually I was like at rehearsal. But, um, you know, but it was Scotland. And so the drinking age there, I think, was 18. Um, and I was. I was 20 at the time. And so like, so it was, so it was fine. That's it what was, I'm saying. It yeah. was fine. I was allowed to go out there. Um, and, Welcome and, to Sarah and Joseph get <laughs> defensive about beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that would be kind of the first thing. Cause I, and I did not know what I was doing, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to learn how to order this. And, you know, from the taps and things and your you, what was on tap yeah the taps and things i didn't go talk to the taps give me a beer um I but love i magic taps right so i would go hang out there and so th- i would say that is really the big time when i started um having it enough to be like oh what do i like what do i like what which which ones did i like which ones did i not like all of that like i still actually probably surprising to nobody who knows me did not drink that much but um one of the the factors that comes out of that is that uh beer is not served cold there oh wow <laughs> and um i turned 21 while i was living in scotland and then when i came back to the states and everyone's like ice cold beer ice cold beer i'm like what is this like I, warm it up give it a little flavor <laughs> put it under the fire come yeah. on did not make me cool with my fellow college students that i didn't think cold beer was important yeah understandable understand well in there is i think a huge difference of getting like room temperature great old you know european beer in scotland versus a warm clammy budweiser is a world of difference sure is sure is and it wasn't room temperature just like not not ice cold not ice cold yeah, yeah. not the obsession with chilling okay uh that makes a ton of sense uh i much like you uh didn't uh, have any sort of uh high school or really even for most of college big drinking experience so i think for me i know i must have had a sip of beer somewhere at you know, some party or whatever, but I, my strongest memory, and I know this wasn't my first beer, so I don't know what the actual one was, but I went to a bar when I was 21, like in the afternoon, you know, and it was a bar that I had been to many, many times because it's a bar restaurant uh, mm-hmm. on the college campus, the University of Minnesota. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been there many times to just have lunch. He's like, oh, and then I'll also have a beer, you know, like <laughs> have my card ready and everything, my student ID. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and I remember it being like, oh, that's good. Yeah. It was much more the experience of I ordered a beer 
Right. And no sirens went off or anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can do this now. It is a, you know, a coming of age kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Total coming of age. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed like the experience of it more than the beer. And it took a long time before any sort of beer tastes or preferences started to emerge. Mm -hmm. um, so when we started dating mm -hmm. and uh, becoming partner friends, uh, I very much thought of you as a beer person, not just beer. That's so funny. Like, uh, obviously, I knew that you liked whiskey, and I, I learned very quickly that you liked wine or were knowledgeable about those. Uh, but I think I thought of you as a beer uh, person because our early interactions were in beer places. Because <laughs> we met doing shows, or sometimes mm -hmm. you would come to shows that I was doing uh, at the Bryant Lake Bowl, and you often had a beer there. Yes. Uh did did you think of yourself in that time period when we were just starting to date as a beer person? You seem shocked. <laughs> I am. I don't. I don't think I've ever thought of myself as a quote beer person. Yeah. Um, but that is what I usually ordered. I just kind of. I think it was just kind of that was a lot of what they had there. And at the Bryant Lake, at Bowl. The Bryant Lake Bowl, Bowl when we were going to those shows, and it was just like when you're going out with friends, that was an easy thing to order. And I drank some wine, but not a lot of wine. And wine is often hard to order in places like that because you don't know how long it's been open. Yeah. And I really wasn't that into cocktails yet, amazingly. <laughs> uh, I did I did really like whiskey, as you mentioned. Uh, but that also was not like, I'm going to go see a show and have a whiskey. It just wasn't really my style <laughs> yet. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely... Um, and you had a go-to beer at the Bryant Lake Bowl, didn't you? I did. I did. Oh, it was in my mind a second ago. Uh, farm Girl. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, who made the Farm Girl? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's a philosophical Sorry. question. <laughs> there was a beer that was called Farm Girl. Um, and I'm blanking now. Yeah, I can't remember off Bells? the top of my head. I can't Maybe? remember off the top of my head. Uh, we will Google it later. Yeah. Is anybody listening uh, can can yes. do as well. Uh, but yes, what kind? What there were a couple different kind of farm girls. There was like a saison that they had for a while that I really liked. Yeah, was that, that the was one? the farm girl. Okay, yeah, the farm girl was the specific beer. Um, yeah, that you and I both liked because it was kind of a saison, kind of lighter. Um, Which again, and, kind of matches summer and fun and community and forward movement. Yeah, not, not you know we're gonna hunker down for the long winter and. <laughs> you know, strengthen ourselves with a porter is uh, a saison, nice and bouncy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really nice for, you know, when you just want something to sip while you're watching a show. Um, but I would I would bounce around a little bit, too, between different things. I often had a hard time finding, like, what is my go-to? Yeah. Um, Didn't you have Bells a lot, too? Bells Two-Hearted. Yeah. Yes, that's why I was thinking Bells was Farm Girl. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, those were kind of some of the main ones. For a while, I was on a cider kick as well. Yeah. Okay, well, don't don't let me stop you. You can list as many <laughs> beers as you want. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's technically beer. It's a cider. It's but, a cider, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that is a discussion to be had. That yeah. Ace Pear Cider I had yes. many, many times at the Bryant Lake Bowl to the point where it you know, got to that, that wonderful point of uh, nobody shouted my name when I walked into the Bryant Lake Bowl, but there was at least twice where I sat down at a table and somebody just brought me an ace pair of cider, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. Talk about community. Right. Yeah, I think part of this for me, I was it was picking through this because I, I wrote up this question in this discussion topic about thinking of you as a beer person, knowing that that's probably not the way that you saw it. And it was fun for me to think through, well, why do I have that association? Mm -hmm. And I remembered I had... Uh, a falling out with beer 
<laughs> yeah. So like when I was on my own, uh, and it, it was that like, well, I can just decide what's in my home, and I will have at that point the uh, not fancy. I will have some linen kugels, <laughs> uh, some honey mm-hmm. vice linen kugels, and like I had like sometimes I you know uh, come home from work and have two beers while I uh, arrange my action figures. <laughs> You know, a standard sentence that everyone says. Uh, and that's the time where I was really hanging out with friends. And mm-hmm. like beer was just like the, of course, yes. Um, there was a point where a friend of um, in my, uh, a friend and myself were working uh, at a warehouse type place. And uh, there was going to be a party. And uh, we were tasked with cleaning up the warehouse to have the party in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And the owner of the company was like, so, uh. You guys like beer? <laughs> and it was like a sitcom moment where like if people knew the rest of our lives, we're like, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it was like it was a go to fluid for uh, a while in, in mostly in social ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that first my friend's first bar crawl that I went on, I was like, I'm real smart. I'm not going to switch back and forth between liquids or, or liquors and I'm not going to have you know, a bunch of cocktails. I'm going to be smart and just drink one beer. And then I got to the first bar late and slammed the first beer. And it just, uh, not only did I uh, get uh, tipsy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, but I remember that feeling of like, I weigh 8,000 more pounds now, right? Because (laughs) that's just too much beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so I still had beer, but it wasn't, that was when I then got into being interested in like screwdrivers and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, experimenting a little bit more. Yeah. Because beer wasn't my go-to. So then when you and I started hanging out and I think that summer that we were first dating, a lot of our interactions were exactly what you and I are describing. We would be at shows or we'd be at after parties after shows or we would go to uh, people's house parties and backyards or we would go to... Uh, weddings and it was all just like summer community beer is what's on tap and we'd both just have a beer and i don't think we really talked about it a ton it was Mm -hmm. just almost everything we were doing was (laughs) a kind of fun summer community time place that beer made sense yeah yeah that is that is so true and you know what's funny is i kind of associate you as um at that time as a beer person yeah yeah even though i also at that time knew you were a screwdriver person (laughs) but um but i think part of it is because before we at a time when we knew of each other but before we knew each other well you did a one-person show yes that involved people drinking beer oh yeah so i did you come to this so that's funny to talk about on this podcast (laughs) uh because i don't think i called the show obsessed i think i called it obsessions and it was a collection of sketches about different things that I was into. Yeah. So there's like an action figure sketch. There was a Star Wars uh, sketch. I worked at Kinko's at the time. And then there was like a beer song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is not That's the one not you're thinking of, That's not the show that I went to. No. Oh. I went to the the um, the bar crawl adventure show with all the different glasses. Yes. Yeah. That was, Oh, right. Right. That was, yeah, because that was the year before we started dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a show that I had become inspired by the actual real life bar crawl that my friends put on every year and kind of how important that was to our community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really interested in in the idea of sort of um, alternate traditions that found family create 
and mm-hmm. you know when they have value and and how in that uh so yeah it was a one person show where i played like seven different people on a bar crawl and i went and got different glasses that were distinctive and then i would switch characters by grabbing the different glass mm-hmm. yeah and I realized that they did not drink beer, but I think somehow because of that, I just kind of had um, an association with you with beer. Well, the, they they were there were many different fluids because I tried doing it with actual beer, and the show ended. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of little sips, and the show ended with all different all the seven characters slamming their drinks. Yeah, and then tried it with apple juice, and that's way too much apple juice. Yeah, yeah, and then I eventually got non-alcoholic beer, and it was just right, perfect. Anyway, yeah, that's that makes sense then that you would associate it with me. But yeah, I always think of it as like. You reawakened my interest in beer. Ah, because also it was just. Great. I, I think when it was a, I didn't think about it that much. I just got line and googles, you know. And when I was out with friends, it'd just be like, yeah, I, I will get whatever pitcher they want to get, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and when I was at a party, it was like, I wasn't like, yes, I'm at my friend's party. Uh, which of these seven beers? Like, it's just you just drank what was there. And I think you and I discussing which beers we liked and choosing and looking at the list made me go like, ooh, this is a a fun way to appreciate it more. Mm, Yeah. And that makes sense because that was very much my approach was like, okay, here's the beers. I like these three, so I'll have one of those. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then to take it into the next step of I Think Our Beer Adventure, uh, we spent some time in London. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this on the podcast many times. You went to school there. I eventually uh, went and lived there with you for three months. And uh, much like your Edinburgh adventure, London is a great place to drink beer. There are a few pubs around London. Yes, there are. (laughs) Uh, Was that a good beer experience for you? When you think of enjoying beer, do you think of our time in London? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, because part of it to me is... You know, it's everything that we've been talking about. It's it, to me, it's about the the flavors and the taste and the experience. But it, but it is equally or more so about the experience, the ambiance, the um, company that you're with, where you are in your life, what's going on. So it's it's the much bigger thing, and this happens to be the fluid, um, and it's not water, so it changes. You know what it tastes like. So you can have. I mean, I have very specific, strong memories of different beer. Um, peers that we tried for the first time in London at specific locations. Like, and I'll think of a location and it makes me think of a taste or I'll smell something and it brings me back to that place. So it's, I mean, it's all about, uh, to me, smell and taste and memory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm really realizing um, that I think I have a bunch of perceptions that are uh, partially cultural, but also partially, you know, totally unique to my life experiences which is definitely enjoyed beer in America, but I think for myself, uh, being someone who wasn't particularly athletic and felt very sort of, at that point in our culture, othered mm-hmm. for being uh, artsy and, and liking pop culture genre stuff. And beer was for men, you know, mm. from my perception. American beer was, you drink it ice cold at the football game, and then when you're done, you crush the, the can on your head like a man beer you know so even though i enjoyed it in america it was it felt like a little like but uh, but that's not beer like american beer so then totally my perception of my baggage to be in london and it's like it's the pub it's full of old wood like this pub and the beer you know are so connected so old so a part of the culture like the beer might just grow here magically because this <laughs> this space is hallowed 
hundred-year-old beer-drinking community place, and, and none of that energy of, like, ice cold in your face, can you handle the beer? Like, none of that uh, sort of American association with beer. Mm-hmm. It felt very much like, well, yeah, let's just... It felt like very much the the it, my biased perception, the British version of beer, uh, connecting everything that I liked about beer of like, well, let's just go down to the pub and we'll talk about whatever's on our minds if it's something fun or fluffy or if it's something real. But we'll have you know a pint, a pint filled all the way to the top is legally demanded by the Queen, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So I think just that cultural difference as well as the taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And just how much it is part of um, the culture to just be like, yeah, after work, people go and, and get a drink. And not that they don't hear, but in a very different way. This isn't even about us being at a bar, having a beer, but, you know, kind of walking around and seeing, oh, you know, the people spilling out from, you know, some of the uh, pubs around like the banking area and everybody in their pinstripe suits, you know, drinking their beer, just chatting calmly with their coworkers after work. Yeah. And then going home and, you know, going on with their evening. It just, it, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just a very different experience. Yeah. Just uh, felt calm and communal and not any of the sort of combative, like go to a rager, (laughs) (laughs) destroy yourself during the football game that beer can be associated with in America. Yeah, so that was a it was a great beer time for me. Uh, what now are your favorite types of beer? Mm. So this is fascinating because I, not on purpose, kind of took like a multi-year break from drinking beer. And then when we had beers on the pier the other day, like you were talking about, I think that's the first time I've had a beer in like three years. Wow, really? Probably not. I'm probably maybe like a, but a it's year still and a saying half. But it's been a while. It feels that long. Yeah, and I'm sure part of that is, um, you know, COVID and being at home. It hasn't been what I I have been much more on like a wine kick or whatever. So, um, I often go toward Amber's. Mm. Is is often kind of my go to. Um, I don't like really hoppy beers, um, and so if it's an ale in a non-hoppy sense there are a lot of like bass and things in that direction kind of a true old-fashioned ale i really do like um but when i'm uncertain i'll often go toward amber yeah yeah no you that i often gravitate towards slightly different beers we overlap a lot and then every once in a while you will have picked out like this perfect sort of amber ale and then like I'll, I'll get a, a sip of yours and go, ooh, yeah, yeah I should have got that. <laughs> You're really good at finding that beer that's sort of right in the middle between the hoppy uh, and and uh, the more the side. I think I lean toward the lighter side. I like uh, Saison's. I like uh, Belgian beers, mm-hmm. Hefeweizen's. You know, if I'm in the right mood, I like a really dark, heavy porter. That, I think, is not necessarily a summer sipping. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, I forgot that even when we were in London, we made a tradition of we had a Guinness with Doctor Who when we could watch that season of Doctor Who oh, yes, broadcast we did. live. And we're like, well, it's Saturday. We're going to watch Doctor Who on our tiny television in our one room bed sit apartment with a yeah. big old can of Guinness. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was very fun. It's again, a community tradition. Yeah. So I, I like a lot of those, uh, the the lighter beers and yeah uh who garden in particular i don't know why that beer is just magic to me uh because it has uh it's got um 
it's a very, very little bit of sour, but like this great spice in the cardamom. And it's, it is just flavorful enough to feel like you aren't just drinking, you know, generic beer, uh, but it is light and friendly and it isn't a beer that's like, uh, I love a ton of craft beer, but so many craft beers are like, stop everything you're doing and pay attention to me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not sipping beers. They're beers that are an experience onto themselves. Um, so who garden is perfect. And, uh, I discovered that in London. Yeah. We went on a walk, uh, to kind of a different part of London that we hadn't been to. And there was a pub that just had a giant picture of the pulp and, uh, radio and television and movie hero, the shadow. <laughs> just like this, uh, is perfect for me. <laughs> and we went in and I, it was just like, Oh, this looks interesting. Who garden? Uh, yeah, and they and it was served in a Who Garden glass. That was the other thing you get some in in uh, Europe. You get the beers in their glass that they said like, well, this beer is designed to be served in a large hexagonal <laughs> glass, mm-hmm. uh, and it's huge. And we have a photo of it. So I have a, <laughs> and it says Who Garden. So like, there's no possibility of me forgetting this memory because we have a picture of it. Right, and it was so great. And then when we first came back to America, it wasn't widely available, and now it is. Yeah, and it's, it, and it's been a great beer friend over the years. And damn, I want one right now. <laughs> we will get you one soon. Okay, yes, we will yes. have one soon. Uh, what you mentioned a little bit of not liking hoppy, but mm-hmm. are there specific beers where you're like, no, never? <laughs> I oh, do. I goodness. personally do not like you, beer. Gosh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Gosh, no, I don't think so. Can't say I don't like anything. Um, no, I think, you know, to me, a lot of it is just about mood. And it, I think you you put it a great way just now of kind of when you're maybe having something to sip on that's part of an overall experience versus the thing itself is the experience. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that can be applied to uh, beer. It can be applied to food. And um there's certainly for a lot of things I kind of tend toward the like what's uh, slightly bitter or what's slightly like herbal or things like that. So it's it's kind of weird to me that bitter beer is not a flavor that I really go toward because I do co- go toward it in so many other things. But um, yeah, no, there's nothing that I've just been like, no. I mean, I think I've probably had a few very... Um, like some people be like, here, have a beer. And it's some very cheap beer. And I just don't drink that. It's been way too long. I, <laughs> that's where I get to say I'm too old. <laughs> that ship has sailed. And I'm just huh? like, no, I'll have a water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally, totally understand that. Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, I like a lot of craft beers. But definitely I am in the camp of I like IPAs fine. Uh, but the Hence, IPAs. It's never my first choice. Mm-hmm. They're fine, but the the uh, it feels like escalating arms race to see which IPA can stab the roof of your mouth <laughs> harder, <laughs> deeper, and faster. Uh, I don't like uh, the utter prevalence of the IPA. Uh, this is, of course, massively subjective. If anybody's listening and a huge fan of IPA, I'm so happy for you. This is subjective. It's not a bad beer. It is uh, not my first choice. Um, so IPAs are the things I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention in particular that I really do like Surly. That is one of the like few mm. things that it, Los Angeles Surly is not around. Surly's a Minnesota beer. Uh, uh, Surly Cynic in particular is my favorite. Um, 
so that's one of the things that I really miss when I when I go home uh, to Minnesota to have Surly. Mm-hmm. And then I think I I will always in in complete uh, <laughs> other side from you like uh, super cheap beer still makes me happy because it reminds me of shows <laughs> like Paps Blue Ribbon makes me happy like even as I drink it like this is awful I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't call this a, a super bad beer. It's just a, like a, a an affordable uh, run-of-the-mill beer beer uh, as the Minnesota Beer Grain Belt. Mm-hmm. Not in any way calling it an awful beer. It's, just, yeah. but it's not craft beer. It never was. Uh, but I drank Grain Belt in particular on and off over the years because I am from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but I drank it for a, a show I did a about Minnesota and I wanted a Minnesota beer and I part of the joke of the show was that I drank a beer during the show and I I have now have such positive memories of that grain belt and I would order I would get one for the show and then I would get one for after the show so that I had a beer to sip immediately after <laughs> and was, that show was uh, well received and really fun to do and such positive associations with grain belt yeah was that is that premium Right? I think so. It's the white and red label. Yeah. So here's the funny thing is right before you started talking about Grain Belt, I was thinking, you know, the one beer that I actually will always have a fond place in my heart for just kind of more basic beer, not bad beer, just more basic, is premium, which is Grain Belt. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And speaking yes. of like just place and community, yeah. uh, we had this uh, great experience. I thought it was great. Uh, we visited in summer 2019. Uh, I have to say that because I was going to say a year ago, but time doesn't work anymore uh we visited minnesota Mm -hmm. we got to the hotel late at night we wanted to get some food uh we stopped by a a place downtown that has like eight thousand beers on tap uh and it was just closing up so we couldn't get food uh but i remember strongly stepping into this place which is a real after work place downtown where like every frustrated person within a mile of downtown (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so there's a lot of spillage mm-hmm. uh, uh years you know decades of spillage yeah and i remember just walking in and just like this entire place smells like drinking beer in minnesota and mm-hmm. i think part of that was a grain belt and a couple yeah. other beers that are like very minnesota beers that were just like soaked into the wall in the floor in the chairs of this place and it was just like i've I would not associate walking into a place and it it reeks of decades of beer mm-hmm. be a positive thing. But I was just like overwhelmed with like, uh, I'm home. <laughs> this place <laughs> smells like grain belt everywhere. I'm yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Which, <laughs> well, it goes back to what we're talking about. Of uh, Clearly, the our relationship with this is community mm-hmm. and marking specific times. Yeah. Community and connection. Yeah. Yeah. So... If uh, you could be friends with a specific beer, Ooh. what beer would you want to be your friend? Well, I mean, I feel bad that I've forgotten half her name, but Farm Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Because I here's the thing. I feel like if Farm Girl were a beer I could be friends with, that she's one of those beers slash people. That would be great for conversation. You can hang out on good days. You can hang out on bad days. Just, um, and it's a very uh, mutual uh, <laughs> friendship. It's not giving too much one direction or the other. Yeah. I, th- I like that. Yeah. What kind of things would you do if you were going to hang out 
Um, I mean, go ride a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, you know, farm girl. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know that I think go go walking along the cornfields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go sit in the barn and have a beer. Yeah. Nice. Nice. This is sounding pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think for myself, uh, you know, I would love to hang out with you and farm girl if I were, <laughs> if I were invited. <laughs> uh, but... I, I talked a lot about my strong associations with Minnesota beer. Uh, obviously, everywhere, I think, especially in any large city, but pretty much everywhere now has a, a craft beer scene, right? Mm-hmm. And a craft beer community. And Los Angeles certainly uh, does as well. And uh, one of the smaller breweries that I really like is Golden Road. Mm-hmm. And they make uh, a Hefeweizen that is really, really good that I really enjoy. So a part of me would almost want to be like, to cheat on my own question and say, could I be friends with Greenbelt mm-hmm. <laughs> and Golden Road and introduce them to each other and get them to talk about the differences between Minnesota and California, Minneapolis and Los Angeles? I think that's great. Look at you. You're making connections. Yeah, I'm making connections. Mm-hmm. And then I'd drink both my friends. And it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could make a craft beer, what would it be like and what would you call it? Ooh. Um, you know, I think I would probably go for something lighter. Um, despite what I said about, you know, often going toward the ambers, uh, these days, um, you also often pick very good beers. So something in that more Belgian style, a little bit Belgian, half of Eisen, um, some interesting kick of maybe, um, a spice, whether, um, maybe a little hint of nutmeg. Ooh. And a little hint of, um, let's throw some herb in there, like um, thyme. Ooh. Not making thyme. We're going to go together. So, but we'll just say that. This is a working theory. Um, so something on the, you know, paler side, um, but with a little bit of a, like, spicy herbal kick. Ooh, I like that a lot. What would you call it? Um, ooh. Uh, let's see. Um Frolic on the farm. <laughs> I would love to drink a frolic on the farm. Yeah, our beer tastes are similar. I'm coming up with like elaborate uh, joke answers. Because the other thing that occurred to me, uh, a fun beer and place and community memory is uh, you and I would get these great sampler packs mm-hmm. uh, back in Minnesota. And in particular, through that, we found a couple of perfect winter beers that are like dark but they have like a little bit of like cinnamon or nutmeg or like something that's just perfect to make it feel like this cold beverage you can and should drink by a fire when it's 20 below outside mm-hmm. and Santa's uh, coming along to have a sip too. Like it's <laughs> winter beer and those are harder to find here in California. Yeah, yeah. And if So I have to tell you, in response to all of these questions, who would be my friend? What would be my beer? I have had an alternate answer that is like a dark holiday beer. <laughs> yeah. So totally. My my jokey kind of answer was at first like a a, a beer called Seasons. That's like <laughs> you magically mix it, so it's like light and summery, and you're at a state fair on top. But then <laughs> the darkness comes, and you get the dark, spicy uh, winter beer. I like that. Yeah. But I think what I really want to celebrate what we've been talking about is I think I want 
uh, a beer that is like a, maybe a Saison, maybe a, you know, a Hefeweizen, maybe something a little bit more in that sort of uh, light, friendly summer. And but it's got a huge lemon twist and the beer is designed. You got to have it in the right glasses so that the the zest of the lemon really kicks in as you get to the bottom of the glass. Mm. And then I would call the beer Community Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Do you, do you have to pour the beer down? Like, is it like a giant lemon? Like you have to pour it down the lemon instead of down the side of the glass? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just want it to somehow be magically crafted. Like you don't even have to put a lemon in it. But just oh. like the more you drink it as you get, maybe, maybe some of the flavors are, I don't know. I like this. Yeah. Nice. Weighted. I don't know. I don't actually make the beer as is obvious uh, by our conversation <laughs> i just drink it all right uh to uh begin wrapping up our conversation here i want to ask you about some beer pairings i'm gonna yes. list some things and you tell me uh, uh the the correct pairing response what do you think is the best food to drink beer with what food do you want when you're drinking beer mm. um i'm gonna give you a double answer sorry nice uh, either a veggie burger, because <laughs> uh, I don't eat real burgers, or um, street tacos. Street tacos, really? Now, ve- I've seen you have a beer in a veggie burger mm-hmm. many a time. That's often uh, what's uh, available at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Have you had street tacos in beer, or is this aspirational? Uh, I I have had it, and also... Street tacos often make me want a beer. Oh, that makes sense because they're outside, they're a community, mm-hmm. right? Okay, perfect answer. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do dual answer. I mean, a burger and a beer—that's you, you kind of can't go mm-hmm. wrong with that. But deep, deep in my soul, there is nothing better than pizza and beer. Mm. And I think you know that's partially because of those those times where I'm having a pitcher of beer. When I think back, like, yeah, that was often at a pizza place. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. We'd have like one slice or we'd split one pizza, <laughs> go through the great toppings debate and then have the beer. And then I've talked about many times, uh, basically anywhere I speak, but on this podcast about my great love of frozen pizzas. And yeah, a frozen pizza and a beer, that is a gourmet meal to me. I am uh, probably uh alone in this but yeah <laughs> mm, pizza and beer perfect uh all right next up what is th- uh, the best outside the home activity to drink beer during so you're not in your home you're out and about what do you want to be doing while drinking beer oh hanging out on a patio with friends okay so on, on a- <laughs> i don't mean to just say the same thing could be a patio could be outdoors but like someplace that's not too hot not too buggy not raining, like hanging outside during perfect weather with yeah. friends, that, that that to me is perfect. Oh, yeah, that is great. I love that. Uh, so there's a part of me that's like, yep, patio, or almost like we did, you know, uh, it's not a patio, it's a pier, which is a large patio mm-hmm. that goes into the ocean. <laughs> uh, yeah, that outside festival. There's also something to me that I strongly associate, like a plastic cup of beer when you're at... <laughs> A, an event that you're not sure how it's going to turn out yet. <laughs> like you're at a wedding or like a maybe a outdoor show in the park that you're not sure about. And there's that comfort of like, well, I got the beer at least. 
<laughs> to see how it goes. And then it ends up going great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, what I think of for outside the home activity to drink beer during. What is the best inside the home activity to drink beer during? Sitting by a fire. Sitting by a fire. Oh, nice. Yeah, we got to do that more. I mean, we'd have to set a fire in our home or settle for a <laughs> candle. But yeah, yeah. Next time we uh, we visit somewhere uh, where you can have a fireplace during the winter. There we go. Have plenty of nice beer. Uh, yeah, there's so many inside the home. I mean... <laughs> Just so many, so many positive, memories. many positive memories of a, a beer in a video game. Mm. Like uh, I don't play video games anywhere near as much as uh, I used to. And even now when I do, it's like a very rare treat of time set aside. And it, it is like, uh, it's like a ritual, right? So it isn't just like, eh, it's Thursday beer and video games. For me, it's like, ooh, if I've got the time set aside and I crack open a Who Garden, and I pour it, and I smell it, and you know, I start up the video game, and then that that first sip as the screen loads, oh, perfect because it's it's a ritual, it's a thing. Yeah, you know they both enhance one another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final pairing: best fictional character to drink beer with. What fictional character would you want to drink beer with? Oh, I always come up with answers for these afterward that I like so much better. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I'm I'm going to go with Miss Marple. <laughs> I was not expecting that. You are going to have to elaborate. <laughs> I just feel like, um, so here's the caveat. I have only read a few Miss Marple books, but I feel like um, having a beer with Miss Marple and, you know, looking out over the fence, figuring out what's going on, hearing the story of how things come together. Uh, I just feel like that would be an absolute, absolute kick. Yeah. Okay. So you, you would want to be sipping a beer with her while she's uh, explaining what's happening? Yeah. Or while everything's unfolding around us, that would be even better. Oh, so you and Miss Marple are somewhere outside with a beer in a plastic cup observing. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You could be outside. You could be inside. You get everything. You get it all. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I really try not to answer everything with Star Wars, but this is just <laughs> undeniable. It's in my soul, and I never thought about it until this, uh, which is Han Solo. It, yeah. like, of, Han Solo, of like, he's the most beer-drinking character that's ever been created. Mm-hmm. Like, in my, like, he is a guy who, who would know, like, Star Wars has alcohol, uh, you know, and at this point, many different named uh, alcohols and Tonneray wine from Alderaan and all sorts of different things. But you know Han Solo has lots of favorite beers, and they're not super fancy craft beers. Han knows whatever the Star Wars equivalent is of Grain Belt is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's got a bunch of it in the Falcon. Yeah. Can I join you in Han? Because that's a perfect answer. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Uh, if you're ever curious, uh, listeners, if you're a Star Wars fan who hasn't checked out any of the books, there's a great book called uh, Bloodline by Claudia Gray. It is uh, mostly focused on Leia, set six years before the events of Force Awakens. Some some great uh, Star Wars storytelling stuff. But there's this detail in there about, there's lots of details about Han and Leia's marriage. But there's this detail about, you know, that they both knew that they were kind of in for this roller coaster ride because they loved each other so much, but knew that they were that they were different. Mm-hmm. And like Leia reflecting on trying to decide what to eat in this image of Han eating, wanting some like exotic, uh, spicy, 
uh, like strip of meat that's wrapped in some kind of like bread product, but it drips everywhere. And it's like <laughs> is kind of painting this picture of Han eating basically like uh, a space street taco. Mm-hmm. That was super spicy and kind of hard on Leia's stomach, and it and you you couldn't eat it without it spilling everywhere. And that's Han's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> that was like well, it's just such a great image and detail. And like, yeah. And then he has a grain belt. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, so, what is your noise to sum up your interest in beer? Ha. <sighs> A light summer adventure with Miss Marple. All in that noise. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Uh, and I know that we are not obsessed uh, with beer in general. We are obsessed with our own memories and relationship and connection, obviously. But where would you rate that obsession on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I, this has been a really fun conversation to think about. Think about it, the beer as a connection point rather than this beer itself exactly yeah so i would say um you know i still am not going to go super high I'd, I'd give myself maybe a five six let's go five and a half yeah yeah i'm gonna go just a little higher i'm gonna go to, to seven because i i do i usually have beer around the house and sometimes go weeks without drinking it but there is uh i love experimenting more with cocktails and, and martinis have become one of my best friends uh but there is something very, very specific about marking the end of a long day with that first sip of a beer mm-hmm. and all these community memories as we're uh, reemerging and uh, reconnecting and more friends and patios and community uh, events are going to avail themselves. Uh, thinking about that beer connection, I get real excited. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm floating up there around a seven. Sounds good. Good seven beer <laughs> number. Seven beers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can be found on Instagram, correct? Yeah, I can be found at Scrim Street, and I can be found uh, occasionally on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And here are some uh, quick plugs for this show, and then our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow the Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephsgrimshot.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephsgrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. They're not about beer, but you can make them about beer if you want to. Well, we'll just see. If there was a pole in our living room <laughs> and you could slide down it and end up anywhere, where would you want to slide to? Oh my gosh. Could it go a different place every time and I'm just choosing where it goes today? Sure. Or does it? Okay. Um, Well, I mean, given our last week's topic about the ocean, I'm going to say I want to slide down it and end up um, by the ocean, not Not in in the the ocean. ocean. (laughs) Be very clear about that. I would like to end up at that pier that we were talking about where we could choose to look at the ocean, get into the ocean, or sit on the pier and have a beer. Yeah. A pier beer. So you would slide to pure beer. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, if you had to put on a large multi-day convention to celebrate something, what would you choose to put on a convention to celebrate? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, wow. So many things. And yet my brain has, I'm trying to choose one that, I mean, there's a convention for everything. Is already. there? 
Isn't there? Are there conventions for magic poles? I mean, I'd, I'd be scared of that convention. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say um, a convention for um, knitting and whiskey. Knitting and whiskey. If that convention doesn't exist, it certainly should. Yeah. And maybe that will be an episode of Obsessed. Not where we discuss those things, but just an hour of near silence and you only hear the <laughs> click of the knitting needles and the sipping of the whiskey. And we really express our obsession in a different way. Mm-hmm. Actively. There we go. I like that. <laughs> I would absolutely go to a knitting and whiskey convention. Would, if, what if you had to knit? Well, I the whiskey would help because uh, sure I've tried. You have very kindly taught me. That's another show I did, a knitting murder mystery, where I, I had to pretend t- to knit, and I am not good at it. Uh, yeah, it would take a long time for me to learn that skill. So I think I would just go to the panels, mm-hmm. appreciate knitting theory. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm good at uh, frogging things, right? Ripping yes, them apart. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so if there's a frogging panel, I would happily. Take uh take part in that, and otherwise I would uh, focus on the whiskey side of your great convention. <laughs> and I'm sure there'd be some Miss Marple cosplay there, right? I mean, of course. It just seems like there's cultural overlap for knitting whiskey. You know, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Happiness is finding community and connection. That is right, with or without beer. But if you want, uh, you can add some beer <laughs> to the community and connection. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It is time for me to drink beer. This is maddening to talk about it and not have any beer. So thank you very much for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, I think I remember. It's Liftbridge Farm Girl, right? <gasps> Thank you! Didn't even look it up on a computer. Ah, oh, beautiful.